Hey everyone, quick preface to the show today. Just want to say rest in peace to Kobe Bryant, who as of recording died today. Pretty tough news. Um, I'm sure you've all seen it at this point about Kobe and his daughter. So uh, condolences to the family. And this is beyond basketball. It's tough. Kobe was the ultimate competitor. He was a great player. Uh, was really getting getting his life after basketball started. So it's very tragic and clearly had a major impact around the league and even the world. So RIP to Kobe, and uh, we just wish the best to his family. The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay. Well, just for the record, we got a son in Phoenix, too. 52 to... <laughs> Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling, and as always, I'm joined by Mitch Krumpetich. Hello. This week on the show, we're going to talk about this injury bug that the Suns are going through and what they need to do to get through this next week. After that, we'll do our usual game recaps and previews, and as always, our non-sports plug. Follow us on Twitter at Sunny and PHX Pod. Same thing for Instagram. Go on iTunes, leave us a five-star review and a comment, and you will get a shout-out on the show. And to follow up on our bet question from last week, first off, shout-out to at Sundarus Dunks, who reclaims his throne as the rightful heir to the winner of the bet question. So congratulations, he was closest. The question was an interesting one. We tried to see how many points... Ubre, Cam Johnson, and Mikhail Bridges would combine for. But Cam Johnson didn't play. So it skews things a little bit. Before we started recording, we decided we are going to scratch this question from our own tally. Sundarus Dunk still wins, so don't worry about that. But we are going to scratch it from our own tally. So Charlie is up two to one. We have one week left in January. So if I win the coming week, that means it'll be tied and we'll have a tiebreaker. We made Super Bowl predictions in our last episode, so we're going to use that as the tiebreaker if necessary. So never say that I've never done anything nice for you. (laughs) That's right. It was very nice. I feel like that was pretty considerate of me. Let me pat myself on the back. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Okay, so this injury bug has been rough for the Suns. We've been without Aaron Baines and Cam Johnson for a few games here. We've been seeing quite the random assortment of players thrown out there, and it's just making me wonder if this is sustainable while we wait for these guys to heal up. And something that I'd want I want to talk about a little bit is Tyler Johnson too, because he seems like he should be thrown into this mix, and we haven't been seeing much of him lately. So, Mitch, what do you think it takes to get through this when we're throwing our all these backup point guards out on the floor. Well, I think we need to make a trade first off, but let's say we don't. I think this is tough. And at this point, I kind of think we just need to pick someone and stick with him. I don't think that someone should be Tyler Johnson either. I just don't think he's been very good. Uh, I think every time he plays, it kind of hurts his trade value. Not that it's high at this point, but you know, I think we need to stick with someone. It looks like it's going to be a Kobo at this point. He tends to be getting more of the backup point guard minutes. And I think that's the smart decision. But then from there, I think Javon Carter and Ty, Ty Jerome both need to be getting minutes. I'm not upset by these Tyler Johnson DNPs, though. See, I'm in the I'm in the other boat here. I think that us trying to bring along... Ty Jerome specifically, I don't know if we're quite in a position to be playing him at this point. If we're if we're in a playoff hunt, 
and we're really fighting for this eight seed right now, I'm surprised that Ty Jerome is getting minutes back all of a sudden. And if you look back towards the beginning of the season, when Tyler Johnson was getting regular minutes coming off the bench, there were some games where he was really our glue coming off the bench. He really had a lot of things going. He's a decent defender, and if he gets the scoring going, he's really a nice option off the bench. But since then, he's trailed off. We have, we've seen his minutes get taken away, and we've seen spot minutes here and there. But I feel like at this point, I agree with you. We need to stick with one or two of these guys to, be the, to get these minutes. And I think at this point, fighting for an eight seed, we put the veteran in there in, Ty, in Tyler Johnson. I see where you're coming from. I think Tyler Johnson has had this opportunity, though. And he just can't make a shot. He's been wide open many times, and he cannot make a shot to save his life. Um, I think that if we're going to push for the playoffs, we need to have someone who can hit a shot. Ty Jerome has struggled, yes. Uh, but I think there's more potential there. I would like to see him get those minutes. We know he could be a decent three-point shooter at the very least. And we've seen some games like you're talking about with Tyler Johnson from Jerome or from um, Javon Carter. These guys have similar names. I know. <laughs> but, I'm getting tongue-tied. You should, yeah. you should have seen what Mitch had to edit out just a couple <laughs> minutes ago while I was trying to do this. It was outrageous. Right. But, I mean... Javon Carter can hit a couple threes. He can play pretty good defense. At this point, I I would rather have him than Tyler Johnson. And I think the thing this, the thing that frustrates me is the same for both of these guys. They tend to dribble a little too much, get a little bit ball hogish, and then put up a bad shot. We've seen this from both of these guys. And at this point, I have more faith in Javon Carter. And it's it's really tough. I, I like Tyler Johnson. I I was really, really hopeful for him at the beginning of the season. But, you know, I think maybe a change of scenery would do him some good. Yeah, and you know what? Javon Carter had a pretty nice game against the Grizzlies. We just finished watching that. And he really made some nice plays. He was hustling. He made some great passes. The ball wasn't dying in his hands in this game. So shout out to Carter in that one. And I I know that when we came up with this, I I knew I wanted to talk about Tyler Johnson before this game started. And then Carter has a really nice one. So, But I'm still in the same boat. I think Tyler Johnson needs an extended run at it. I think we can't just rip him out of the lineup if he has a bad game. I, I just feel like the veterans in this situation should be what help us get t- closer to that eight seed. Yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. I think it'll just be interesting to see what happens before the trade deadline as we continue to inch closer to that. Oh, yeah. Trade deadline, it'll be so telling about what our outlook is for the season. Right. Well, and I also look at this, too, from a, a big-picture perspective. Our biggest need right now, I would say, is pretty clearly backup point guard. I think that's backup point guard slash bench scoring. I think that's a pretty glaring need. You know, I guess the four spot is a little bit shaky at times too. But I would say backup point guard bench scoring is a huge need. And that is an improvement. In the past, we have had many more needs that have been glaring. And it's like, where do you even begin? And, you know, we haven't talked about the offseason much yet which is unusual for us. Usually by December, late November, we're kind of talking about it already. But, you know, to look ahead a little bit, I think we can really kind of hone in on trying to find a a solid backup point guard who can score. Yeah, and we've seen Rubio struggle to score here and there lately this season, and a little scoring punch that we could swap in, that would have been nice. And especially as the Grizzlies game is fresh in our minds, like especially in that game, Rubio mm-hmm. couldn't get it going, and we needed something else off the bench. And Javon had a nice game, but and, and then Javon plays big minutes in that one, and Ellie doesn't get many. It's, it's interesting how these guards have been getting worked into the rotation as of late. Okay, let's move it on and do some game recaps from last week. 
We had the Spurs twice, the Pacers, and the Grizzlies. And we'll start with that first Spurs game. And that one was a loss, 120-118. to 118. And this is a game where the Spurs had a huge second quarter. They went up, I believe they were up 20 going into the half. And the Suns really fought back in the fourth quarter to make it close, but just couldn't just couldn't get over the hill there. And that was thanks to, of all people, Bryn Forbes, who was dynamite from downtown in this one. He was 8 for 11 from 3, 24 points. He, all of his makes were from downtown. And then you look over at Derek White, too. He was 4 for 5 from downtown, 25 points. Those guys, I believe, at halftime had nearly or it might have even been over half of the Spurs points and they hadn't missed a three they had made a 10 threes in the first half or something it was outrageous and it's so tough to come back from that and we see it so often Suns have been getting beat by great shooting and I don't know if we can blame that on our defense but it seems like everybody's just making buckets against us yeah it's been tough perimeter defense continues to be a problem I mean, that was really the big difference in this game. The Spurs hit 17 threes, and they shot over 50%. We, as a team, had as many made threes as Bryn Forbes. We had eight. We were eight for 22. It's going to be tough to win games when that kind of thing happens. Now, I will say, we showed a lot of fight in this game. We had a great fourth quarter. Devin Booker went on a stretch in the third quarter where he had 17 consecutive points, I believe. And, it, you know, we, we fought hard. We shot a lot of free throws, too. We made 26 of our 30 free throws, so that makes a difference. But we, we erased a 20-point deficit at one point, and we even had a, a slight lead. It was two points, but in that fourth quarter, we had a very slight lead. So, overall... It's. I, I know we're tired of moral victories, but overall, I'm encouraged by this. We're hanging with these teams, and I think I even said it on Twitter. A year ago, we probably would have lost this game by 40, but we're fighting back. Right, and one thing I can take away from this season is we're not a team that you can just walk in and blow out anymore. That's We rarely, has it happened twice or you know, this yeah, Pacers game many. we're about to talk about might have been one of the hardest beatings we've taken this season so far, but really we're hanging in games, and that, that does say a lot about how far we've come, and obviously we're sitting at last year's win total right now, and we're just over halfway through the season. So there's there's definitely things to take away and be happy with still at this point, even though, yeah, we are losing some games still. But... In this one, Booker with the 37 total, 7 for 7 from the line, 4 for 6 from downtown. He has just been on a tear lately, just scoring 30 points more often than not in the last, what, 12, 15 games. Yeah, he's averaging over 31 points a game. Yeah, he's he's just been a joy to watch. And in this game, Aiton had 25 points, 12 rebounds, a steal, a block. So... We've been seeing Aiden come around and play some pretty nice ball here and there. It's not all consistent yet. That's something that we're still looking forward to. And yeah, in this one, everyone in the starting five was in double digits. Sarge had 10, Kelly had 15, Rubio had 15, and nine assists. Yeah, I mean, that's all great, but this comes back to bench scoring. We had, let's see, 16 bench points in this game. That's pretty tough. We really, really need some bench scoring. And I, I will say, having Baines, Johnson, and Kaminsky out, that does really hurt. That yeah. makes a big difference. Those guys do add, so, you know, even if, if each of those guys scores three points, then we're talking, you know, 25 bench points rather than 16. So, you know, that, that definitely hurts. But... You know, this is the time for guys to step up and to shine. So we still need to see it. Um, yeah, just a, a tough game to lose. It really was. Right. And it didn't get any easier in the next one against the Pacers. The final score of that one was 112 to 87. Ugh. And 
the first thing I want to do is shout out your boy. Do you want to? Yes, I your... do. Yeah, go Zags. Yeah, go Zags. Bonus. Yeah. Man, I think I think Sabonis. I was thinking about this, and now this is a bold claim. Aside from John Stockton, I think Sabonis could be the best Gonzaga player in the NBA ever. Wow. Yeah. Because you can't touch Stockton. He was right. like, I don't think anyone will be as good from Gonzaga. I mean, I would love to be wrong about that, but sure. Stockton was special. Who's better? You know, when you think about all the, the guys, the closest is probably Kelly Olinick. Uh, Roni Turioff had an interesting career, but I'd say Sabonis is better than him. Um, you know, Dan Dickow. I'm trying to think about guys between Stockton and now, and it's like there weren't a lot that had like solid NBA careers aside from Roni Dickow. Um, Austin Day played for the Spurs for a little bit, but he didn't really have much of a career. So, yeah, Sabonis is very, very good. Yeah, he. He just looks so big and strong out there, even though he's standing next to Miles Turner and DeAndre Ayton and Saric down there. He looks so big and strong compared to those guys, and he's really the full package. He can do a lot of things. But the one thing we can talk about that he did, he really took DeAndre Ayton out of this game. Ayton finished with 10 points and 8 rebounds. He was 5 for 12 from the floor. He didn't make it to the free throw line, and... Just the, it's the ultimate shout out to Sabonis and Turner. They they made DeAndre Ayton a non-factor in this game. Yeah, I mean Sabonis learned from his dad, Arvidas Sabonis, so he's got a good base there. I mean it's it's tough. He also was eight for eleven from the floor, and I mean we gotta mention T.J. Warren. You know, T.J. did what T.J. does: twenty-five points, no assists, three rebounds. <laughs> And I do want to shout out the Pacers Twitter here for a second. They deleted it. Oh, yeah, I saw that. You see that? Yeah, the stat. They put a stat line for TJ Warren, and then next to it, they put the cash considerations stat line of all zeros. Yeah. That was funny. I, I got to give it to them. That was well funny. done. Well yeah. done. I'm, I'm bummed they deleted it. So no, they, they should have just left it up. Yeah, it was funny. It was very funny. But yeah, enough. Sorry to anyone who does not appreciate my Gonzaga homerism. It's over now. (laughs) Uh, Actually, no, it's not over because we played the Grizzlies. But um, (laughs) to talk about the Suns for a second, I mean, we struggled in this game. Booker only had 16 points. Kelly had 17 on 5 for 16 shooting. Um, I want to say something about this, actually. Be nice to our players on Twitter, please. Uh, Kelly Oubre deleted his Twitter because people were being mean. Yeah. Really? I did yeah. not know that. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I don't know. I don't blame him to be on in that kind of spotlight uh, and be under such a microscope and be getting all kinds of, you know, mentions. It's got to be really tough. Uh, but yeah, you know, Suns fans in particular, I believe, caused Kelly Oubre to delete his Twitter. So, um be nice, please. Yeah, that's that's really disappointing. Mm-hmm. You know, and as podcasters, me and you, we we talk about things on here and we might criticize a guy here and there, but it's not a direct link to him that he can ease that he has to almost go out of his way to not see. You know what I mean? Right. Right. We're we're a step away from social media where you can actually type at Kelly Oubre, you suck or whatever right. you want. Exactly. To say. Exactly. Well, and I mean I think about that. We joke about the team listening to our podcast at halftime in the locker room. <laughs> it's it's a, a running joke meme at, at this point, but we know they're not actually listening to this. You know, it's they would have to. And you know, I try to be as nice as I can on here. So yeah. sometimes, I mean, the truth can hurt sometimes, yeah. but a little smack will come out once in a while. But. Yeah. But I mean, those guys are used to that kind of thing, you know, but to go and personally attack someone on Twitter, like grow up. Yep. That's tough. Something else that was tough. We didn't make a three pointer in this game until the end of the third quarter. We made four the entire game, four for 20. That's 20%. That's That's, bad. that's, that's poor. 
that is poor. Well, keep this in mind. This is something that's kind of in the back of my head sometimes. The Suns are the team with the longest active streak of a made three-pointer in in every game since I, it goes back years and years and years. Yeah. And we own that streak of the longest amount of, you know, longest consecutive games with a made three pointer. And so in games like this, I start to worry a little bit. Could I you imagine it, blowing that in this era of basketball? Right. <laughs> it would be embarrassing. That would be embarrassing. <laughs> that's yeah, that's funny. But no, I mean this, this game was embarrassing, but you know what? The Pacers are a good team. Uh, it really, we need to win all the games we can, obviously, but this one doesn't hurt as much because it's not against like someone we're fighting for in like the Western conference playoff race or anything. Right. That's absolutely right. And with that, we'll move it on to a team that we are fighting with a little bit in the playoff race, the Spurs. And we had just lost to them a couple games previously. And we, we got the win in this one, 103 to 99. This one was in San Antonio, and it's the first time we had won there in seven years. That seems unreal, but we finally went to San Antonio and came away with a win. Yeah, that was nice. It, that felt extra good. I didn't realize it had been that long, but yeah, it was it was a nice one. And I think one thing that's really nice about this game is Aiton had 10 and 11. Aiton didn't really have a very good game. I mean, he was okay. He was fairly efficient, you know, played decent defense. Um, I don't know. It, it was kind of nice to to see someone like Aiton not have to just go crazy. Yeah, and I think a big, you can shout out Dario Saric for that. He had a really nice game in this one. He did, yeah. 20 points, only four rebounds, which is a little surprising. But he was 9 for 13 from the floor, 2 for 4 from 3. We're going to be such a much better team when Dario is putting out any sort of offensive output like that. I mean, we don't need 20 a night out of Dario, but we've seen games with 4 points and 5 points and 3 points. We've seen those pretty frequently lately. So when this 20 pops out, it makes you think, man, I'm so happy he can do that, but then it bums you out because you want to see it more. Right, definitely. But, you know, that's just Dario Saric. That's how he plays. We know he's streaky. He's going to give you a good 20-point game every so often, and that's not going to be the norm. So we'll take it when we can get it. That's why we need Frank back, because they're both streaky, and right. it's more likely that one of them will be on on any given night. Yes, exactly. Yes, but speaking of not being on, neither team was on from three-point range, and it worked out pretty well for us. We were 8 for 29, which is pretty similar to our stat line from the first game, but they were 5 for 25. They could not hit a 3 at all. So, yeah, that was that was pretty helpful in this yeah. game. Patty and, Mills was 2 yeah. for 7 from downtown, and I swear <laughs> every time he shoots, I'm like, that's going in. That's going in. Only 2 mm-hmm. for 7. That that was nice. And it was yeah, nice. Those guys really couldn't buy a bucket for a right. while there. Right, but you know, there's. I, I know this is a win, but I'm gonna nitpick for a second and be a little critical. We had a 15 point lead at one point, and so far, my slogan for this year's Phoenix Suns is "No lead is safe," <laughs> and that kind of goes on on both ends. We've come back from some pretty large deficits lately, we've, for sure. We have blown some huge leads too. So I've been saying this for a long time. I I really wish we would play like we're down five all the time. Yeah. Like I just think that needs to be our mentality. We need to score constantly. So, you know, uh, we've had a couple this year, but I want to see some blowouts. We I we could have blown the Spurs out in this game. I feel yeah, I the way our starters were playing, yeah, I think that, but then you look at our bench, there was 11 points off the bench. Mikhail had 8, Ty had 3. He had he hit a 3. So, that just goes to show we're really missing those guys and man it feels so weird to say what if frank was healthy what if (laughs) baines cam and frank were all healthy right now and we were at real full strength for the would that be the second or third game this season yeah because it it didn't last long once ayton came back we had to full lineup for Mm -hmm. one or two games maybe and then 
it just all crumbled after that. So right. we're, we're still missing the the real full product of Suns basketball. Yeah, that's true. Well, and think about this too. Three players is a lot for an NBA lineup. You know, you got 15 on a roster with two of those spots usually being two-way contracts, which we haven't played any of those guys. So essentially 13 spots, you know. So even if we say 15 just for the sake of the math, having three guys out, that's one-fifth of our entire roster. Yeah, that's, that's, a big, that's a big impact. And then you think there's five guys out on the floor. Think how many times that with our bench unit that those three guys are out on the court together. You replace that, and what that's 60% of the people out on the floor with our bench unit. Right. That's, that's wild. Yeah. Do we, do we need a stat so. check or a math check? <laughs> Someone can check that math, yeah. but it's, it's, a, it's a large portion of our bench, you know, and that's – it, it, it kind of shows why we're struggling so much with bench scoring. You know, at this point, any game that we can win is going to be solid just because we're missing so much. Yep, I can I can get with that. Okay, and in this game against the Memphis Grizzlies, the Suns dropped this one, and it was a tough one. Final score was 114 to 109. And, you know, in a, today's game or yesterday's game, Sunday's game was the day that Kobe passed away. And that, that was a tragic moment for everybody who's ever watched basketball and especially the guys who have played and shared the court with him. a tough day to come out and play basketball. And, you know, it, it feels tough to even criticize him in any situation, but they, the Suns came out flatter than the Grizzlies did in this situation uh, down 30 to 18 at the end of the first. Yeah, it was tough. I mean, the both teams played a nice tribute to Kobe at the beginning of the game. The Grizzlies running out the 24-second shot clock. The Suns with the eight-second eight violation to honor both the numbers that he wore. That was a nice tribute. But, you know, the, the whole league kind of seemed to have an off day. Uh, I saw a lot of people saying they thought the NBA should cancel the games. And I think that's a nice sentiment. I don't know how that would have worked logistically, but um, yeah, it was tough. It was tough for a lot of people. Yeah. I, I know that like, Kyrie Irving sat out today. Him and Kobe were pretty tight is my understanding. And mm-hmm. I don't know if many other guys ended up sitting out today, but I mean, you can't blame them for that. It's a, uh, Kobe was an inspiration to so many guys, and especially the young ones. They uh, <clears throat> they were like Michael. Like For me, mine was Michael Jordan. But guys in the league right now, they all grew up watching Kobe. And, man, it's just it's so tough. I, I, I can't help but get sidetracked when we bring it up because, man, this is a, you know, yeah, we'll just keep going in on it. Yeah, it's, um, it's tough. A, a celebrity death is... It's interesting to me. I don't know if I've ever been quite affected by something like this before that, you know, we've all had people in our personal lives pass away. But this was a moment where it it kind of shook me a lot harder than I was expecting it to in the moment because Kobe was a guy who a lot of us Suns fans just despised because he dominated our team so much. But you with that comes respect because you're watching one of the greatest to ever do it and yeah and then just to just wrap up my whole sentiment going out for those guys and playing a game today i i that must have been really tough yeah i mean kobe set the model for hard work in the nba right the stories that that you hear about kobe and the way he prepared don't compare no one else even comes close to how how hard he worked um it is sad. I mean, when I heard about it, I was at a restaurant and, you know, everyone around me, you could hear them talking about it. Um, it was it was sad. And I mean, to to think about his daughter being there as well. And yeah, this was really tough. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. The celebrity stuff I don't really pay too much attention to, but this one is different. Well, we definitely sidetracked ourselves there. Yeah. I think it's, uh, you know, due to the circumstances, I think that's fine. But yeah, let's uh, try to wrap up this Grizzlies game, I suppose. We've, yeah. we've seen Devin Booker just dominating lately. 
and he put out quite the performance again in this one. And, you know, Kelly had a solid game. DA had some stuff going, but that extra push wasn't there. Rubio only had five. Sarich only had five. It, w- it wasn't a full team effort tonight, and it-, it was a tough one. And it was a big game for the Suns, too. This was a big game. It was. I mean, all of our games at this point are so meaningful. Devin Booker came ready to play. Aiton, now Aiton had 17 and 15, two assists as well, which is nice. Three steals, two blocks, pr- played decent defense. Um, I, don't, I expect at least 20 and 10 from Aiton on a nightly basis. And I know these are very high expectations, but when I watch these games, I set 20 and 10 as his baseline. And then anything above that is what's going to make us win. Essentially. That's how I'm thinking of it with, with these injuries. So seven for 19 shooting is, is a little tough. Um, I appreciate, though, that Aiton has been working harder at going toward the basket rather than fading away. He shot five free throws in this game, so I'd like to see him shoot more, but that's an improvement. Um, he, Yeah, he, he's, he's getting there. He's still getting his feet under him, but we saw a lot of improvement this week, I think, uh, and it's still a good game. You know, 17 and 15 is good. Right, and that's going up against Jonas Valanciunas and Jaron Jackson Jr. They're, Valanciunas is a monster of a man down low. He is. He's Jackson so good. Jr., just a, a great athlete, so tall, he's long. And the three-point shooting tonight, I mean, man, he was three for six from downtown. He's been doing that a lot lately, but it, it's uh, he's really bringing his game together. And when you see how he can play, and then Ja is something special. Ja had a too. game. And yeah. then, then there's Dylan Brooks. I'm not sure if he does this against everybody or it's just us, but he's been playing great. It's uh, They've got quite the squad, it's for sure. They do, yeah. I mean, Ja with 23 points, five rebounds, eight assists. Rubio couldn't guard him. Ja was just too fast. We tried putting bridges on him. Still didn't really work all that well. Javon Carter for a little bit. No one could really do anything. John Morant can jump so high that sometimes he just barrels his way to the rim, jumps as high as he can, and then makes a decision. And he has enough time to do it. And every time he does it, I'm like, wow, that's a stupid shot. And then it's not even a shot. He like makes a different decision while in midair and kicks it out. And it, it's it's unreal. Yeah, it's that total body control up in the air. Like, when he takes off, he he knows what he's capable of and not. And, you know, a lot of the passes, you'll get some turnovers doing making passes like that. But more often than not, he was making the right play, and he, he was really impressive. He's so fun to watch. He is. Yeah, I, I really like him. And go Zags, another shout-out. Brandon Clark, another guy who's fun to watch. Uh he didn't have a great game or anything. I mean, he was okay. 10.7 rebounds. He does what what you kind of want to bench big. Good defense, two steals, a block. Um, I, I would like someone like him on our team. That'd be <laughs> so, nice. Someone a little more athletic than like Frank or Baines. I like both those guys, but yeah, you know, it's nice to have an athletic backup big like that. Yeah, and we're we're missing that. We we don't have anything like that at the power forward spot. We we have yeah. Aiton, who's a great athlete down there. Diallo is a solid athlete, but not quite as dynamic as some of these other guys. But then there's Dario and Frank, who aren't on the table when it comes to this discussion. Right. Well, and you know what? I think Brandon Clark is kind of what we all hoped Marquise Chris would have been. Ah, yeah. Yeah. You know what? I follow Marquise Chris still, and I've been watching his stat lines with the Warriors. And he's been getting minutes there. He starts every once in a while. And, yeah, they're in a rough position, similar to the position we were in while he was playing for us. But I've noticed he's been playing really balanced basketball by picking up a few assists here and there. I'm talking like four and five assist games. And I didn't really expect that out of him, but 
I, I think we just blew the development of a lot of the guys that we drafted over the last couple of years. And I can't help but kind of root for those guys, I guess. Because I, I, I just hope as much smack as they got talked that they received while they were here, I hope they can turn into having good careers. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think any of that was their fault. I no. mean, partially, partially. You know, showing Josh up. Josh Jackson to, may may have yeah, messed Josh, up. Josh Jackson, Marquise Chris showing up to summer league completely out of shape. Yeah, that's kind of his fault. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think about those guys sometimes. I, I mean, I know it's way in the past at this point, but Bender, Chris, Josh Jackson. Oh, our our staff at that time just did not do anything to help those guys develop. No. And I just, I always, I wonder like. You know, Bender was on the Bucks for a short period of time, and I always wonder, like, what would his career look like if he would have started with someone like the Bucks? Yeah, that's interesting. I think he's still with the Bucks. Is I'm he? Not, really? I'm oh, not sure yeah. what happened with his contract oh. when yeah, the last well, deadline came up. And I mean, they couldn't do anything with Thon Maker, so I mean, right. it's, it's still possible that right. he could have been the same player, but they I can't don't know. turn everybody into Giannis. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All but, right. yeah, I mean, heartbreaking game. We needed this one, and now we're three full games back from the yeah. Grizzlies. I, I wonder when that the most when was the last game that was as meaningful as this one? And, yes, there's plenty of time this season, but we've matched up with the Grizzlies. Do we see the Grizzlies again this year, or is that it? No, that's it. That's it. So, mm-hmm. that was yeah, big that's one. tough. Did they win the Series 1-3? They did. Did we, did, take, yeah. did we get a game against them? I, did we even win one? I don't know if we did. It's yeah. It's let's tough. not worry. Let's, let's yeah, not worry I, I don't about know, it and just assume that <laughs> things are going to go great and we'll just finish with a better record than them. And yeah. it won't matter what the series was. At. Right. But right? I mean, it's, yeah. it's, I think that the silver lining of all of this is we're playing in meaningful games. You yep. know, I, I think, you know, you're asking when was the last meaningful game we played? I would argue the last meaningful game we played was um, 2016, December of 20, it would have been 15, December 2015 against the Nuggets. Oh, wait, was it January 2016? It was one of those two against the Nuggets when Eric Bledsoe got hurt again, when Bledsoe and Knight were playing so well together. I think that was our last meaningful game. That's a long time ago. Yeah. That's sad. Let's move it on. (laughs) All right, game previews for next week. Uh, we, we get a day off here, and then we go to Dallas to play the Mavericks. And one good thing is we do have this day off, but the Mavericks play at OKC the night before. So they'll be on a back-to-back. Maybe this is a good chance to take advantage of a Mavericks team who just lost Dwight Powell and are replacing him with Willie Cully-Stein. I'm not sure if he's suited up for them yet, but... I don't think he'll make too big of an impact, but what do you think? Do do we like our chances against Luca? Uh, no, but no. <laughs> I, mean, I think I think this the situation helps. I mean, the second night of a back to back at OKC. I know it's not far, but a little bit of travel. We can hope that maybe they're taking a bus rather than a plane. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah, we're you know we're coming off a day off. Uh, that's okay if we don't have. If we have one day off, it's okay. But for whatever reason, two days off just makes us even more sluggish. Um, really tough news for Dwight Powell. Hopefully, he recovers quickly. That's that was a sad one. He, I mean, he is instrumental on that team. He makes a big difference to them. So that's a huge blow. Willie Cauley Stein. I've never been a fan. I never thought he would be. I don't that. think many people ever have been. Yeah, I don't know. He's just. Not really what I like to watch when it comes to basketball. So I don't think he makes a huge impact. But a lot of times when we say that about guys who are playing the Suns, they end up making a massive impact. So I don't want to speak too soon. (laughs) Willie Uh, Cully Stein 2020 game incoming. (laughs) I hope not. But (laughs) I mean, I don't know. The way the Mavs play just doesn't really suit our defense or lack thereof. Um, Luca is a great three-point shooter. He's got good range. We couldn't stop him last time. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know either. You just got to hope that Kelly and Mikhail are up to the challenge that night and do whatever they can to throw him off of his game. Because if, if we can do that, 
that that's the only thing you can do to win against that team. You got to make sure that Luca doesn't absolutely take over. Right. Well, and I will say the last time we played Dallas, we were without Aiton. And I know we had been saying for a while, oh, this game would have been different with Aiton. He's got the chance to. Sure. To show there us. we go. Yeah, that that I hope that's motivating to him. It's got to be. Mm-hmm. If Aiton has any sort of pulse going through his veins, he, he's going to be motivated to go out there and play a solid game against Luca and remind people why he was picked first. You, you got to think he'll do it. I agree. I definitely agree. And uh, let's make this our bet question. Oh, we didn't talk about this before. No, nope, but off the cuff. Game. Off the cuff. Let's see here. Uh, we've been doing a lot of points, so maybe we stray from that. Let's see here. Let's see here. Playing the Mavs. We're talking Aiton. Hmm. How about this? Aiton's going up against Willie Colley Stein. Let's go uh, Aiton rebounds. Aiton rebounds. I'll go. This is kind of a tough one. Yeah, because you got to go over 10. You got to assume he'll grab over 10. Mm-hmm. He's averaging over 10, a little bit over 10. And, you know, what's stopping him from grabbing 22 or whatever, 23? I'll mm-hmm. go 15. Seems 15. like a nice base. Okay, okay. I'm going to go 12 just because at the beginning of this month, I picked 12 when I was right, and I said, maybe I'll just pick 12 for everything. So I'm going to go 12. I'm feeling a big one. I'm going, so, And I find that when I'm optimistic, I normally do well in our... Right. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll so, see. yeah, chime in on Twitter. Tweet at us at SunnyandPHXPod. How many rebounds will DeAndre Ayton have against Willie Cauley-Stein and the Mavericks on Tuesday? There we go. All right, and then after that, we get a couple days off, the dreaded couple days off. <laughs> but we get the Thunder at home on Friday. And as of recording, the Thunder are on a five-game winning streak. They're they're playing great basketball. And if you look through their box scores, they have a different guy leading the team in scoring every night. They 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 can score from multiple positions. And and then you got to remember, they have Steven Adams down there, too, at center. So he'll be giving Aiden some problems in this one. And OKC, that's a that's going to be a tough matchup for us here. Yes, it will be. OKC is, I would say they're the surprise team of the year. I don't think anyone expected them. I know I didn't expect them to be this good. And I know I expected Chris Paul to be traded before the season even started, or if he could, just as soon as he could be traded. Right. And he's sticking around. Everything that I'm hearing is... Uh, you know, Chris Paul is staying in, in OKC for the whole season and, you know, they're, they're playing well. Why, why change anything? Um, yeah, they're kind of scary. Steven Adams. I want to say something about him for a second. He was on, he was interviewed by Zach Lowe fairly recently and Steven Adams, he's a young guy. He's uh 24, 25 around there, yeah. 26, maybe he, he wrote a book recently and the interview made me want to read this book. It, he's hilarious, very insightful, really interesting guy. He's got a great story. Is it like an autobiography? Is it yeah. about his upbringing? Yeah. Oh, I bet it that'd is, be good. Yeah. I've heard some stories about he had a pretty rough upbringing and he mm-hmm. was one of like 350 children or something like that. <laughs> Maybe not 350, but yeah. Part of a really big like family. Eight, nine, ten siblings. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. I'd like, I'd like to check that out. I should probably listen to the... Exactly. Yeah, it's it's pretty good, but uh, yeah, Stephen Adams, aside from being an interesting guy, is a good basketball player too. Yep, can't forget so about him. I I would love to have Aaron Baines for this game. Uh, it doesn't seem like we're going to, but mm-hmm. he would be very helpful. So yeah, I guess he's he's probably getting reevaluated um, after that game. But uh, yeah, we could use him. Yeah. These are going to be two tough games to round out the week, and the next one's against the Bucks on Sunday, and it's a it's at noon local Arizona time. It's in Milwaukee, so that's crazy business. That's a really early game, but right. Super Bowl. I think sense. if uh, it lines up correctly, that Baines and Cam Johnson should be reevaluated the day of this game. So maybe there's potential that one or both of them come back, but you know maybe it's neither. Maybe they wait until the next one. But 
And then again, Frank Kaminsky will be getting reevaluated shortly after this, sometime the, in the next week. So it's all coming together. I don't think we're going to be at full strength for the Bucks, and even if we were, I don't think it'd really matter. And I was going to say that same thing, but keep in mind that last season we swept the Bucks. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm excited. I, mean, I want to see us throw Aiton back on Giannis. Yeah. Why yes. not? What yeah, do we it, have to lose? It worked lose? last year, right? Yeah, we'll see if Monty goes with the all. Uh, oh, who was even our coach last year? <laughs> Igor Kokoshkov move. Wow, I can't believe I forgot that. Jeez. How do you forget Igor? <laughs> I, I know. Jeez, but yeah, we'll see if he goes with the Kokoshkov tactic of having Aiden Guardianis. So yeah, we'll see. These games are meaningful, but um, it could be a rough week. So buckle up, hang in there. Uh, it's still, you know, still an improvement from last year. But with that, we will move on to our non-sports section of the show. This week's question is, if you could play a musical instrument that you don't already play, what would you want to learn? So full disclosure, I am a, I play, or I used to play the baritone or the euphonium, um, I'm sure a lot of you don't know what that is. And <laughs> I'm sorry for you all that don't know. But oh, oh, that's funny. Aside from being a great baritoner, as I am, um, I'd really like to be able to play the saxophone. I grew up listening to a lot of jazz music. My dad was a big jazz guy. Um, I'm not going to say that I like Kenny G. Oh, please don't. <laughs> you hate Kenny G, don't hate- you? Uh, I, I wouldn't say hate, but I am not a fan. No, but th- that's fair enough. There, Kenny G has his own brand. That's fair to say. His own you know there's a Kenny G board game? Oh, I bet that's fantastic. Yeah, I saw it at Target the other day. Oh, <laughs> I don't know what could even constitute a game out of that. but I don't know either. We should buy that. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. But yeah, I, I just I enjoy the saxophone, and I, I believe... If it's played right, it's one of the most beautiful sounding instruments out there. I just really like it. And unless you're Kenny G, you're going to look pretty darn cool playing a saxophone. If you play it well, you're going to be looking cool. Like Lisa Simpson style? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. The first thing I think when I see Lisa Simpson playing the saxophone is she's cool. Cool. <laughs> no, that's what I think when perm. I see Kenny G's perm. <laughs> oh yeah. Do you think that's permed or are those natural curls? Mm. That's got to be a perm. If that's right, natural, it gives me a run for my money. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's, he's way more curled up than you, my oh, man. Oh for sure. Oh yeah. Sure. Uh, but no, the saxophone is a very cool instrument. Uh, I was always amazed growing up of seeing people play a saxophone because there's there's a lot of buttons. It seems very complicated to me. Yeah. I'm not a wind instrument player, so yeah, it's it would be cool to to get good at saxophone. Some of the best musicians in the world were saxophone players. Um, for me, though, uh, I've talked about this on the show like years ago. Uh, I play guitar and bass. I played jazz bass all through high school and college. Uh, I played in the band at Gonzaga. I played bass and I traveled with the team for the tournaments and everything. Um, I like to play. It's a lot of fun. I mostly am playing the old seven-string guitar lately. But if I could play something new, it would be piano. Um, when I was a uh, in like third, second, third grade, I took piano lessons because I wanted to play drums. In order to play drums, you had to have two years of piano lessons. So I did that, and I just I remember just really fighting against practicing piano and I never wanted to do it. And now I think about, you know, I was doing some composition and a lot of arranging and that kind of thing in college. And it would have been really helpful to be able to play piano. I can build chords and create little melodies, but I can't play full songs or anything on the piano. So that'd be really nice. I I could probably, you know, if I tried really hard, I bet I could pick it up, but it takes a lot of practice and effort and time. Oh yeah. And you you know the piano, and if you consider yourself a you know a, a socialite or an entertainer of any sort, a Wish piano I- is a good yeah. Which you do, I know. This is why I'm going this way. 
a piano is in a lot of, a lot more social settings than any other instrument would be. You know, there may be a piano at a I don't I don't know, like a bar or a house party even there might be a piano there. And then if you can sit down and tickle the ivories a little bit, you can probably, you know, be the life of the party, which a guy like you enjoys. That's right. Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about this the other day. I play guitar, but the songs I play aren't exactly campfire songs. Right. People people aren't super stoked to hear metal guitar when they're like, oh, let's listen to some songs and sing along or whatever. It's That's not usually what they're looking for. So, yeah, playing in public is... Uh, I don't do it a whole lot anymore. <laughs> yeah, I get frowns when I bust out the baritone. No one, no one wants to hear that at parties. Yeah, I don't no understand why. No one wants to why. hear like a, a good old burp, burp. arch or anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we march here. That's <laughs> all right. Yeah, that's uh, the perfect time to to end the show. To end the show, I can't even talk anymore. We're we're finishing up. Thank you guys for tuning in. Check us out on social media at Sunny and PHX Pod. That's Twitter and Instagram. Tough week for the Suns, but. We're still we're still in reach of that eight seed. It's not all over yet. There's meaningful basketball yet to be played. So tune in again next week. We'll probably talk about the Suns a little more then, you know, two hundred and thirteen weeks in a row or some business like that. We'll be back. We'll be back. We'll see you guys then. Go Suns.